Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. So today we're going to talk about uh, a term called bulldog faith. Pastor Mike's been, been uh, teaching on faith for, for the last couple months, really since the, the beginning of the new year. You know, God just commissioned him to go back to the ABCs of faith, to be listening to Brother Hagan, and, and back to the basics. Amen? And, and so, you know, today talking about bulldog faith, it's, it's like a mentality or, a, uh, you know, the character qualities of what a bulldog is. But my goal for you today is this, you know, for, for you to get stirred up in your faith, for me to agitate you a little bit and, and kind of, you know, exhort you and, and encourage you up. So again, you know, coming from like a coach's perspective, I'm not trying to talk down to you or put you down. I'm trying to get up underneath you and, and encourage you up. And, and like I said, if you get agitated a little bit, don't get agitated with me, get agitated with the Word of God. Amen. And boy, first service that sun was shining in so bright, I started leaking like a, like a sieve up here and it's about 103 degrees and... Oh, I just needed I just needed a towel and, and I've got one here now, but now it's like it's like a it's like cool up here. So I'm gonna rapid fire some scriptures out here to you. Um, so if you are a note taker, just take notes, but I really want you just to be present and just to be paying attention. And again, let, let the word of God be a mirror to your life. This isn't for the person next to you. This is the message for me. It's a message for pastor. It's a message for all of us, amen, to hold you know, the, this, this word up to our lives and, and examine ourselves and, and where we're at. Joshua 18, verse three, in the message translation, it says this, Joshua addressed the people. Now, Moses had, had already went to, to heaven and, and Joshua was put in the lead and, and many of the tribes had already went in and, and taken the land that God had promised them. It was well after the, the 40 years of them wandering around in the desert. But listen to what Joshua, Joshua said to the people of Israel. He said, how long are you gonna sit around on your hands putting off taking possession of the land that God, the God of your ancestors, has given you. And that could be a word for us today. How long are we gonna sit around on our hands, putting off taking possession of what God has given to us? Amen? He's given it to us. And like I said, you know, pastor's been teaching on faith Wednesday night uh, when I shared on hope. And, and, you know, first of all, Pastor Mike was like, hey, love to share, have you share on hope. And I'm like, hope? Like hope... Hope is like wishing, or again, it was worldly hope that I was thinking of, and when I went in and started studying, I was like, man, okay, Bible hope is a confident expectation. That's like a real thing, and, and we talked about Wednesday night, what things are you hoping for? And, and so I don't know how many people were here Wednesday night, but hopefully you have some things that you're hoping in, in God for, amen, and then you can bring and, and get into faith to bring what you're hoping for into existence, because Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith, if, if you're relatively new here, you know, this isn't something mystical or, or magical. Faith is, is the bedrock, it's the foundation, it's, it's the word of God with, with which we, we, we stand on. Amen? And, and faith does not demand or, or command God to do miracles in our lives. Faith creates miracles. Amen? Because Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said this. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The Hebrew word for likeness means to operate like. Okay, so how does God operate? He operates by faith, right? He, he, he looked at, at the world and it was dark and he said, light be and light was. Amen, that's how God operates. And so if we're not functioning and operating the way God does, 
we're malfunctioning. And you think about that, amen? And the cool thing about faith is, or, or the challenging thing about faith is, is, is faith takes the, the first step before we know how things are gonna work out. Re- remember, we walk by faith and not by sight, amen? You know, I think about uh, on Friday, Kirk Wellman came over and, and helped us. We had a bunch of boxes that, that we transported over to the Union Gospel Mission. And, and on our last trip, it was just he and I coming back and we were visiting and I, I've just been asking everybody, hey, what do you believe in God for? What miracles are you believing God for? And he had a handful of them. And one of them was, you know, he goes, uh, you know, season's getting ready to start. He's a tree, does uh, tree services. And, and so he goes, I, I need a few like good men to come and help me work this summer. And so, you know, we touched and agreed and we prayed and, and about the things that he was believing God for. And obviously one of them was for him to find good help that, that, uh, cause man, it, it's tough right now. Everybody's, everybody's uh, hiring and so forth. And so anyway, the cool thing was, was got back in here to work and so forth. And then a couple hours later, get a notification. I looked on, on Facebook and, and there it is. He's got a, you know, help wanted ad on there that, that he and Trish had sat down and, and put together. You know, it's faith in action. You know, he didn't go home and just turn on Netflix, right? We prayed and then he got into action right away and he put action to his faith and, and allowed God something to, to, to work through. God blesses the work of our hands, amen? And it's a two-way street. He's not gonna just, just do it all for us, amen? This word hope, again, I said it's the confident expectancy of, of what God has promised is gonna come to pass in our life. And we talked Wednesday night about Mark chapter five, uh, about the woman with the issue of blood. 12 years, you think about that, 4,380 days that she struggled with this issue of blood. I mean, think about that, 12 years being in isolation, being separated from her family, from a normal life and so forth. And, and you know, we, we talked about uh, against hope, Abraham, he ended up believing in hope. And when she heard that Jesus was coming and she heard about all the miracles, just like if you're out at your workplace and you're talking about all the miracles that are going on here at Faith Family Church, she heard about Jesus, she heard the word of God, that created hope within her heart, and then what did she do? She had faith that went out and it took action, amen? So again, what things are you hoping for? If you're hoping for nothing, what are you gonna get? Nothing, that's exactly right. So why is faith so important? Luke chapter 22, verse 31, it's, it says this. He says to Simon, he says, this is Peter, he says, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. That word sift means to separate, to break into pieces, to shake, to scatter, and to discourage. And that's the enemy's plan for our lives. He's trying to separate you from the body of Christ. He's trying to shake you up, to, to discourage you, to, to break you in pieces and, and to drain you because he ultimately wants you to give up. Yeah. You go, well, I thought the devil was a defeated foe. He is a defeated foe. If you know that he's a defeated foe and if you know what the word of God says about it, but again, this isn't just some passive thing where you, know, you just wish and hope and pray. You, know, you, you do those things, but you do it in faith. Amen? The good news is, is verse 32, he says, Jesus says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And that's what he's saying still today. I'm praying for you. And then you, you, you strengthen one another. You, you pray for your brethren, and you share testimonies and, and miracles, and I'm telling you, we get momentum going, and this thing will grow up. We got this small group thing, thing starting, and if you haven't joined a small group yet, get out on your app, 
Find a small group, find a date and a time that works best for you because again, this is about being around other people of like-minded faith, amen? And we'll go, you know, a couple, three months with maybe where they're at and then we'll shake it up a little bit and have some different households. The people that are leading them, they're not teaching you the world, they're just facilitating this so again, we can come together as a community of believers and lock arms with one another. You know, when, when one wins, we all win, but when one loses, we all lose, amen? And, 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 and life was definitely meant to be lived together. So where is your faith at today? Are you maintaining or are you pursuing God? Are you, are you pursuing and, and, and chasing after God? Are you holding the fort or are you out there taking new ground? The vision of Faith Family Church is, is that this is a supernatural church. This church is different than other churches. That doesn't mean we're better or anything like that, but it is different, amen? You're hearing a, a different level of the word of God, amen, because it is a supernatural church. What does that mean? Pastors came here 40 years ago, and they, and they weren't, you know, they were gonna allow the Holy Spirit to move and, and have his place and have miracles still have, happen, and people get saved and, and filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and delivered. I mean, how many addicts, ex-addicts do we have in here besides myself that have been supernaturally delivered and their whole lives have been changed? That stuff goes on here at Faith Family Church. So it is a supernatural church, which means what? Every time somebody does get born again, or spirit-filled, or delivered, or any miracle that happens, just like Bruce leading that guy to the Lord, that's taking somebody out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of light. And you don't think that there's, the enemy's gonna go, oh, that's real cool, Bruce. You just go ahead and, and you do what you wanna do. No, he's gonna try to, try to discourage you and, and again, sift you and, and, and get you off of, off of this word. Is what, that's all he can do is he just tells you lies to try to get you off of this word. Hey, it's not working, it's not doing this, it's not doing that, the word does work, amen? Are you settled with the status quo or are you reaching up to the next level, the highest level, amen? And it's whatever level you're at. If you're just starting out, man, God will meet you where you're at. I shared the story of Travis on, on Wednesday night when he was just a newborn baby Christian, four or five days old, he was believing God for gas, groceries, and 100 bucks so he could go to treatment, and within a couple days, God answered those prayers. You don't think that strengthened that man's faith? Amen, and, he, you know, and God will do the same thing for you. Now, as you grow from level to level, from faith to faith, he does require more out of you, but again, you know, and I was explaining that to another brother you know, a few days ago. I said, sometimes it's unfortunate that I come to Faith Family Church because I'm like, I don't know if I really wanted to hear that because now I'm responsible for it, amen. <laughs> However, God graces you to walk out what it is that he's called you to do, amen. Last thing, are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? I, I hate losing and I hate it when, when you watch teams on, on, on you know, football or wherever and they start playing that prevent defense. They're, they're letting the other team get 10 or 15 yards and, and again, then that momentum starts picking up within them. It's like, no, we're not playing on the defensive. We've been given the word of God, amen. We are on the offensive. We are taking ground, again, just like Bruce did when he was talking to that, to that guy. So bulldog faith. That was the intro, so hopefully you're hanging with me here. Bulldog faith, it's, it's stubbornly aggressive, it's persistent, and it's determined. Those are the three character qualities that we're gonna talk about here today. And so why a bulldog? Well, a bulldog was originally bred to do bull, uh, they, they call it actually uh, bull baiting. So way back in the day, you know, overseas, they would, they would take and tie a bull up and, and they would put these bulldogs against them. And, and the way that a bulldog is created, you know, they got that flat nose and then they got those, those jaws that kind of, uh, you know, stick out the bottom. 
and they, they have a, a tremendous bite, over 300 pounds of biting force. And what they do is they're trying, to, they're trying to bite onto that nose of that bull. And once they clamp down on it, once they clamp down on that nose, then they take and they corkscrew their body around. You know, they're 70, 80 pounds, so they're real short and stubby and thick. And they flip their body around, and that literally can flip the bull over on its side. So an 80-pound dog can take care of a one-ton or a 2,000-pound Bull. Of course, they've outlawed it now. I'm not, I'm not advocating this. I'm just telling you a story. Amen? So don't, uh, don't come after me. Don't have PETA call me up or, or anything like that. Amen? So we're talking about three characteristics of bulldog faith. And I'm not saying anybody in here looks like a bulldog by any means. So again, don't take this out of context. It's, it's an analogy. Amen? First thing is, is bulldog faith, it's aggressive. And that word aggressive means it's an all-out effort to win to boldly and relentlessly be assertive. It's forward, it's pushy, it's forceful, it's ready to fight, and it's tough. Amen? And that's not what we do with other people. It's not about flesh and blood, but it's about principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and and spiritual wickedness that's in high places. We need to get aggressive in that spirit realm, amen? Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I was like, man, that's, that's pretty aggressive. I, I kind of like that. So what is this kingdom of, of heaven that suffers violence? That word there, it means to suffer violence. It means it's, it's forcefully advancing. Amen? It's, it's not passive. It's not, again, sitting around on your hands, crossing your fingers, hoping the phone rings, hoping somebody comes and does something to you. No, it's getting in the word of God and forcefully advancing. And the violent take it by force. What are the violent? They're the, one who, the ones who are eager in pursuit. You need to be violent in your faith, amen? You need to be eager in pursuit. I was thinking about this. Melissa and I were talking about when, when I first got saved. I mean, it was like a, a, a Saul to Paul conversion, sitting down here in, in county jail. And, and man, I was excited. I mean, I was, I was eagerly in pursuit of God. It was like, you know, you're watching this black and white TV and then all of a sudden the scales fall off and everything's in high definition. And so I wanted everybody to experience what I had experienced, right? So I wrote a letter to my mom basically telling her, hey, we grew up in a denomination that we never heard about being born again and basically told her, hey, you're going to hell and if you pray this prayer, you're gonna go to heaven. I, I, man, I, it was because I loved her and man, was she mad. She was mad, amen? And then I wrote a letter to, to my father-in-law, Melissa's dad, and so, so picture this. <clears throat> Your daughter is, is, is engaged to a guy that just got busted for drug trafficking. He's sitting in prison, and then he sends you a letter that says, hey, you know, you're basically going to hell. Pray this prayer, and you're gonna go to heaven. But see, I was eagerly in pursuit, and to this day, 20 years later, we still have never talked about that exact letter, but uh, I'm still praying over that, amen? Man, I was... You know, it was like giving a six-year-old a machine gun that's, that's fully loaded. And I mean, I was praying and spraying, amen. And, but it's like, wow. But that's how we need to be, eagerly in pursuit. You know, aggressive faith, it's, it's not passive, and it doesn't take no for an answer. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, to, to fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil. Again, principalities and powers. And then it says, to take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And again, bulldog faith boldly takes what rightfully belongs to it. It, it, it sinks its teeth in and it, and it takes what, what is rightfully belongs to it. 
And the awesome thing is God has freely given to, to us everything by his grace. Like it talks about, take hold of the eternal life, take hold of healing, take hold of deliverance, take hold of, again, everything it is that, that God has for you. But again, you've got to lock jaw into that thing, put that 300 pounds of pressure onto that thing, and you don't let it go until you, what you see in the spirit realm comes into the natural realm. Amen? You know, Carrie Black, uh, you know, Carrie and Doug are, are good friends of ours, and, and they've been coming to church here, great family, been coming many years, but I knew Carrie B.C., before Christ, amen? She used to, she used to have an office next to my gym out there on Marion Road years ago, and, and you know, so we, we, became, we, we, became, we became buddies, and, and, you know, both entrepreneurs, which is just a really crazy environment to be in, so you're able to kind of have those conversations and whatnot, and and just have been able to watch her and Doug grow in their relationship with God and, 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 and just to see the, uh, the change that's happened in their lives and just the awesomeness of it. But again, she, she texts me Thursday morning. She's like, hey, you know what? I got, I got you know, part two to your message that you shared last night. And I, she gave me a call and, and she's all excited. And she goes, man, you know, she goes, I battled fibromyalgia for 20 years. And fibromyalgia is no fun, right? You know, it's, you're tired all the time. You got all these crazy symptoms and whatnot. And, and you know, God bless the doctors, but the doctors told her, they, they just say what they know. And they said, hey, you just have to learn how to deal with the symptoms. And, and so that's what she did. You know, this was before she was coming to church here and whatnot, and before she understood faith, and that she didn't have to put up with all this stuff and so forth. And so she said, three years ago, she's sitting up there in the sanctuary and I want to say it was maybe Rick Renner and, and his wife when they were here and, and, and speaking, and I think it was his wife that was, was talking about, you know, somebody sitting out there and, 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 and you know, they need to take hold uh, by faith, you know, what God has already given, this healing. And she goes, I literally just started reaching up. She don't care what anybody else thinks. She just started reaching up and pulling it down. And she said it was like crazy. It was like, it was like electricity started to just kind of flow through her body. And from that moment forward, she never had another symptom going forward, amen. That's, that's how bulldog faith takes things. It's, it's aggressive, amen. And again, she couldn't be passive and sit there and go, oh Lord, you know, I hope you pick me, you know, and, and you know, no, aggressive faith takes it by force. Amen, it's violent. Mark eleven twenty four. you know 23, it says that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. You will have whatsoever things you say. And then he says, therefore, because of that, I say unto you, what things soever, that's hope. Remember, faith is a substance of things hoped for. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. That word receive there, it means to seize with a grip that cannot be shaken off. That's what she did there. She seized her healing. She reached out and took it and seized it with a grip that could not be taken forth. You know, you, you give a bulldog, you know, something, a toy or whatever, they're not gonna let go, amen? And that's how it's gotta be with us and with our faith. But on the flip side, we've got an adversary. Mark chapter four, verse 15, it says this. When the word goes forth, here's what happened. These are the ones by the wayside where the word was sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to discourage you. You know, you get, you get born again. And the first thing I tell people is after they get born again, I say, you need to know that you know that you know that you're born again because the moment you walk out these doors, the Satan's coming immediately to try to steal that word. You're still cussing. You had a fight with your spouse. You haven't changed. 
all these things. You can't come to God, and he makes you believe that you're not even saved, amen? But, but salvation happens in our spirit. It doesn't matter what your mind thinks. It's supernatural in what's going on in your heart, amen? And I was talking to a guy, Mike DeYoung, and I went last uh, uh, Sunday afternoon, and we spoke to a group of, of ex-inmates, and it was cool. There was like 60 or 70 guys and gals in there, and then, and then there was a, a group of Dutch Reformed people from George, Iowa. They were doing the serving, and, and, and DeYoung has a, a background in, in Dutch Reformed, and so we, just, we only had 30 minutes, so we, we tag-teamed, and I shared a little of my story. He shared a little of his story, and then we started talking about the Holy Spirit, and, and man, it was awesome. We had some people come forward and, and uh, you know, get delivered and, and, and saved and whatnot. And then afterwards, of course, you know, the, the reformed ones kind of creeped up like, like one by one. And one guy, he had heard about the Holy Spirit before and, and wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost, but didn't really want everybody else to know, you know. And then, and then Mike's standing there too. And they start talking about all this unbelief about the reformed church and how they teach this and that. And say, hey, say this, God bless the reformed people. There's nothing wrong. I'm, again, we're not better than them. It's just the different revelation, amen? And so I'm sitting here going, he's, one guy's saying CRC and then Mike's saying this and I'm like, who cares? You know, I know about THC and, and LSD and, and ecstasy, but I don't know nothing about, you know, CRC. Let's go into the word of God. So we went into Acts 2 and, and, and Luke 11 and, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost, amen? But again, I told him, I said, when you walk out of here, the enemy's gonna say, oh, that's just you talking. That's just gobbledygook and babbling and whatever. So I, I kind of immunize them ahead of time and let them know what's gonna happen next. And I said, every day you just exercise this and you keep exercising it and it's gonna grow and blossom in your life. But again, we have an adversary and he's coming immediately to try to steal the word that's been sown in your life. Amen, you, you get prayed for healing and oh, it still hurts. You know, my back, I, I, I don't know what I did Wednesday morning, but I was literally crawling around the gym on all fours. And it was a miracle that I was standing up here on Wednesday night. And I've had, you know, shooting pains every now and again between then and now. And, and I tell you, I, I did mess up yesterday. I'm sitting here talking to a guy in the gym, and I'm just telling him how bad my back was hurting and all this stuff. And I'm like, come on, Randy, you know better than this. I mean, this guy can't do nothing for me. He doesn't know the Word of God, you know? And, and so then I left, I had to repent again, and no, God, I've received your healing power, and Jesus took my infirmity, but I stay on the word of God, and even if you miss it, amen, you just get back on track wherever it is that you left up. Last part about the aggressive faith is it does not retreat, amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, it says, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Pastor's been teaching on Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Think about that. The just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. God doesn't get pleasure out of us. He's not mad at you. He's not, but he gets pleasure out of when we trust and believe him. Amen? That's, that's all he wants. He's a good dad. Amen? How, how good does it make you feel when, when your kids come and, and ask you for stuff, as long as it's not like all the time, but again, and they're thankful and so forth. But again, if I, if I can provide it for them, man, it, it makes me feel good as a, as a dad. Here's another story of, of not retreating. You know, uh, when, when David was out there getting ready to fight Goliath, you know, you got this giant Philistine, Goliath, and he's out there mocking him for 40 days and, you know, telling him about, you know, their God and, and just all this mocking and so forth. And then David shows up on the scene. And let's see how David responds to this. First uh, Samuel 17, verse 48, it says, as the Philistine, as Goliath moved closer to attack David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. 
That's how we've got to be, not retreating, but we got to go and we got to attack, amen? I was telling about my wife, you know, like most normal people, when you scare them, they step back, but my wife punches you, amen? That's just like her, her knee-jerk reaction is if you scare her, am I right, fellas? She just, and Max has that too. You know, that's her knee-jerk reaction is just to move forward, and it's like, how, how about we train ourselves that way when pressure comes, when attack comes, instead of backing up and, why me, God? Why I didn't do anything to deserve it. No, 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 we, we, we go on the offensive and we attack, amen, just like David did. So again, the first character quality of bulldog faith is, is that it's aggressive. The second character quality is that it's persistent. The word persistent means it's a firm, continuous, continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. I mean, if you've been doing this any length of time, you know there's difficulty and opposition. You know, when you step out to believe God, you know, he's trying to fire darts in your mind that it's not gonna happen, and you know, it, it, if it hasn't happened by now, all this stuff, I would imagine Lindy, you know, uh, standing on the word of God for a year, I would imagine at times throughout that, or, or how about that woman with, woman with the issue of blood, 12 years, you don't think there were times along the way where she was like, you know, all hope is lost, but again, as Brother Hagin always says, the birds can fly over ne- overhead, just don't let them make a nest. Take those thoughts captive that are contrary to the word of God. That's being persistent. And persistence works by applying nonstop, constant pressure to a situation. It's just pounding it over and over and over and over again. Amen. In Luke chapter 18, I think this is a great example of persistent faith. So it says, also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not turn coward. That word coward means to faint, lose heart, and not give up. So he's saying here, hey, I'm gonna tell you this story because I, don't, I want you to keep praying and I want you to not give up. And that's the word for us today. Keep praying and don't ever give up, amen? Verse two, he said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither reverenced and feared God nor respected or considered man. He didn't care. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, she repeatedly came and said and said, and said, she just kept pounding him, right, with, with her words. And what did she say? She said, she said uh, protect and defend and give me justice against my adversary. And for a time, he would not. So for a time, he said no. And again, this isn't her against God. God is not the unjust judge here, amen? But later, he said to himself, though I have neither reverence or fear for God, nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual coming. Again, just speaking the word over and over. And when he says no, she walks away and she says yes, by the grace of God, you know, that, that she's gonna have the deliverance that she's looking for, amen, or the answer to prayer. Or at the last, she came and rail on me or assault me or strangle me, amen. We got some women in here that got some bulldog faith, don't they, amen, that they'll come and strangle. I remember Melissa telling me a story one time I think this was when I was in the clink still, that, that something was going on with her, with her neck. She was, like, her, her lymph node was swollen, and we used to, you know, when, when the steps went down, you would, you would go out at the end of service and, and shake pastor's hands, and we didn't know pastors all that well back then, and, but she said to Pastor Vicky, she was like, yeah, I, I, all she got out was, I have something with my neck, and Pastor, ju- pastor Vicky just grabbed her neck and started, you know, not choking her out, but praying for her and declaring the word of God. But see, again, that's attacking 
what's going on, right? She wasn't gonna put up with any of that and it was instantaneous, amen, that, that you go after that and that's how we need to be. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Verse seven says, and will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry to him night and day. Again, this isn't about bawling and squalling and, and, and trying to get God to move. No, this is about really you speaking the word out so the word can go in, into your heart and the seed of the word of God that you're standing on goes in your heart and it produces a harvest, amen? And that will change your circumstances, but it takes time. Seed, time, and harvest, amen? It was like pastor was teaching on, on the tithe there. And it says, will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? No. He says, I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, here you go, will he find persistence in faith in the earth? He's going to find persistence in faith here, amen? 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 Hallelujah. So a couple points on, on this gal. She didn't take no for an answer. She was relentless and insistent. Again, she wasn't going to go back. She wasn't going to back up on her face. She did not stop until she got what she wanted. She, she, she wore him down. There's a, a phrase that says, persistent faith wears down resistance. So see, when you got the enemy resisting you, you just keep attacking him with your faith. Amen? And it should be to a point where, where when you get out of bed, he's like, oh man, he or she is awake this morning. What, what are they, what, what they going to come at with me with again? Amen? They're, they're, they're persistent in their faith, and she refused to give up. Say, I'm not going to quit, and I know you're not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the first characteristic, again, is aggressive faith. The second characteristic of, of bulldog faith is that it's persistent, and the third and final one is that it's determined. That word determined means it's, it's having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. You're not going to change your mind back and forth. Over in James, it says, you know, that's the, the book study we're going to do when we, we do the, uh, the small groups. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And then he ends up calling, don't be an unstable or a, or a double-minded person. Be firm and, and, and fixed. Be determined. Amen? That means you don't go out to your workplace and, and ask all your unsaved friends for advice. Amen? There's nothing wrong with talking to those people. Yeah, we're evangelizing them, just like, like Bruce was talking about. But again, we're not asking them for advice because they're not going to give us godly advice. Amen? You come to a godly brother or sister in Christ, which again is what small groups is all about, so you get connected with other people so that when you are going through stuff and you do need somebody to lock arms with, you can go to somebody that's going to pray with you. They're not going to put gas on the fire. They're going to put water on the fire, and they're going to neutralize that out. Amen? Mark chapter 10, verse 46, you know the story. It's blind Bartimaeus. This is an example of somebody that has determined faith. It says, then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard, he heard the word that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what did all of his friends around him say? Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him again. That's why we're not out looking for the world's approval and nothing wrong with the world, but, but you're in the world, but you're not of the world. And they think you're nuts when you start speaking the word of God, amen, and, and, and believe that you can create something out of nothing. But it's really not nothing, it's really our faith because we're doing it the way God did it. 
He spoke the world into existence. He didn't do it out of nothing. He spoke faith, amen, and, and, and that produced what it was that, that he wanted and what he was believing for, amen? So the world is telling him, be quiet, shut up. Just accept things, like Carrie. Hey, you just gotta learn how to live with it. Just gotta learn how to live with it. But what did he do? He only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. Here's how the word does, world does it. So they called the blind man, cheer up. Now they're on his side, cheer up. Come on, he's calling you, right? I mean, he's picked you. He's picked all of you. That's the thing. The word of God is, is for all of us, amen? It's not for, for just pastors or now that I'm on staff or, or for the music ministry. No, it's for all of us, amen? It's for whoever will believe him, amen? Verse 50 says, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. That that's really has to do with his identity. He's no longer this blind guy. He's going to receive his healing. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, my rabbi, I want to see and Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. That's determined faith. I think of an example of my, my oldest son of, of determined faith. You know, he, he was diagnosed when he was around 13 or so with, with ulcerative colitis, these stinking, you know, autoimmune diseases. They make no sense to me whatsoever. You know, it wasn't all this stuff when, when we were young. But anyway, it is what it is. And so he's battling this, you know, this ulcerative colitis and, and ended up with his pan pancreas being flared up as a result of the medication. But it was, it was just about time for them to go down to, to camp. You know, to, and if this isn't a plug or a testimony for you to get your kids to camp, I, I don't know, if, you know what else to, to say, but, but here was the deal. He's sitting in there and, and their treatment for pancreatitis is they basically have to like starve you so you don't have any food coming in so it lets your pancreas rest. So he's on a feeding tube and, and I'll tell you as a dad, that, that's real hard to watch. watch. Watch your son, you know, going through that and of course we're praying the prayer of faith. We're believing God and we want him to instantly get up out of there but again, there was a process of time but it was really cool, you know, the doctors come in and, and they were supposed to leave for camp on Monday and he had his faith attached to going down to camp. And, and the doctors, it was like probably Saturday or Sunday and they're like, yeah, you know, it doesn't look like you're gonna get out, you know, in time to to leave on Monday. And I remember he boldly just, you know, 13 or 14 years old, he just straight up said to the doctor, he, he's tired of it, I'm done with all this, I am going to camp because on Thursday night, that supernatural night now down there, that's where I'm gonna receive my healing, amen? And, and, and lo and behold, you know, the bus had to leave on Monday because again, you know, they just had to, to go. So there he and I are on Tuesday, you know, tre trekking down to, to Branson, Missouri. And then I got, a, I got to watch my son go up and, and receive his healing, amen? And, and it has been a process of time, you know? And, and we're still waiting for the fullness of, of that healing to, to manifest in his life. But here's the cool thing. Every time he goes to the doctor, Melissa says that all they talk about is sports and just, you know, whatever, because there's, there's nothing to talk about with what he's got going on. He's like, he's like, you're the most boring patient that I've got. Well, amen, I take that as we're on the path to full healing. Amen, amen. Now, I'm gonna lead you in a, in a declaration and then Pastor Mike is gonna come up to, to close this thing down. But let me speak this out to you about this bulldog faith that's aggressive, persistent, and determined. It's, it says this, when you get aggressive and you bite down on the word of God, you refuse to take no for an answer. There is no plan B. You are fully persuaded when you take it. And then you will develop a bulldog faith, develop, right? It, it's developed over time. That will defeat the enemy every time. And the cool thing about time is, it develops as fast as you want it to develop. God is not withholding any good thing from you, amen? 
He says, you will reap a harvest if you don't let go of your bulldog faith. You can live and walk in everything God's covenant promises you, just don't let go. Amen, don't quit. If you don't quit, you win. Last scripture is 1 John 5, 4. It says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. Let's lift a hand to the Lord, and I want you to repeat this after me. There's a, an atmosphere of faith in here. I know I have it. A spirit of faith, amen. So you just start declaring this with all the faith in your, in your heart. So I am a champion. I'm an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I am above and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. I am blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. The royal blood of heaven flows through my veins. I am a believer. Therefore, I am a receiver. I work the word because the word works. Final thing, I am God's favorite. You are, amen. Let me pray over you and then I'll have pastor come up. So Father, I just thank you, God, for the word of faith that went forth today. God, I thank you so much for for just meeting all of us where we're at, God. I declare that this word is gonna go forth and it's just gonna get embedded in, in, in the spirit of the, those that heard today. God, I'm asking you to continually to, to put miracles in their hearts, things that they are hoping and believing you for, that they're confidently expecting you for, God. And I thank you, God, for stirring up the measure of faith that you've given to each of us. God, we will not sit on our hands, we will not rest we're gonna evangelize this city, evangelize this world. We declare that Sioux Falls shall be saved in Jesus' name. And we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from seven to eight. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.